This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 96, Develop Yourself, Start a Mastermind Group, with our guest, Dave Rodwell. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster. We have a special guest today. Our guest today is Dave Rodwell, and he hails from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. After a 28-year career as an investigator with the RCMP, that's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, for those of you who are not familiar with the term, Dave entered the business world as a private investigator and security consultant. For the next 22 years, Dave's business evolved to include the areas of training on security matters and professional speaking on corporate security issues. During the two stages of developing his business, Dave became involved in mastermind groups, which greatly contributed to the speed of that development. Dave has been a member of Toastmasters International for 20 years and credits the organization for helping to develop his speaking career. Dave Rodwell, welcome to the program. Pleasure to be here, Greg. Yeah, mastermind groups is is fascinating. In fact, it's it's interesting. I belong to a mastermind group for over 10 years, and just recently I be, had a conversation with an individual, and we started talking about mastermind groups, and then, then I remembered you doing a number of presentations on mastermind groups. Just for the benefit of those who, who may not be familiar, what is a mastermind group? Well, mastermind groups have been around for many years. Uh, actually, Henry Ford, who invented the Model T, is credited with being a part of the first mastermind group. So it goes back that far. Him and the fellow the Firestone that did the tires and a couple of other people back in that area where they're probably the first mastermind group. But I think the guy that brought it to most prominence is probably Napoleon Hill. And he writes about mastermind books back in his earlier books. So it's been around for a long time. And I think that the best definition that I've seen for mastermind groups is the one that is credited to Napoleon Hill. And he says that it is the coordination of knowledge and effort in the spirit of harmony between two or more people for the attainment of a definite purpose. And I think that adequately describes, I think, what a, what a mastermind group is. Why would somebody want to be part of a mastermind group? Well, my first uh, venture into a mastermind group was uh, when I first uh, formed my company and, and started off in business. And I was looking at how do I go about expanding the company? How do you, how do you get into the marketing field? And, and all that kind of learning that a, a new entrepreneur does. And I was fortunate to pair up with four other people who were all about the same stage um, of their little companies starting off and learning. We formed a mastermind group. We met uh, every two weeks in the beginning, and we would uh, bounce ideas off each other. We would uh, hold each other accountable. It greatly increased the learning curve. I learned a lot much faster about different aspects of business. I think I probably saved a lot of money and that I didn't make a lot of the mistakes that entrepreneurs did because some of these other people had made the costly mistakes and then I learned from that. So there was um, lots of sharing of ideas, information. All of us, though we were in different aspects, were connected to the security field. In some ways, we shared clients. I might be dealing with an individual who says, well, I have a need for an alarm service. And of course, I could interject and say, well, I know just the guy for you. So there was that sort of thing happening between the the, the four of us, which was very good. That's interesting because at first glance, the term mastermind, you think it's a bunch of people with PhDs sitting in a room sort of hammering out the uh, the next great thing or something of that nature. <laughs> 
No, no, it is simply people with uh, kind of a common purpose, uh, and that is to either improve their business or improve their lot in life or whatnot. The second mastermind group I belonged to was one uh, where the group of individuals came together to write a book. And, you know, each of us were writing books on different topics. Some were fiction, some were nonfiction books. Uh, we all, again, learned from each other. And we would occasionally bring into our mastermind group uh, an expert in a particular field so that we could, again, increase our knowledge base. And that's how that particular group functioned. That group was a little larger and it wasn't as flexible as what I would have liked, but it, but it worked. Uh, uh, there were a number of people in the group that did write a book. Yeah, that leads perfectly into my next question, which is going to be is, you know, how big are these groups? What's an ideal size? What's the minimum number? What's the maximum number, et cetera? I think from my perspective, I think you want to have it so that during the time of a meeting, everybody has an opportunity to have at least 10 minutes so that they could air their issues, their concerns, and, and be able to do that. If your group is going to meet for an hour every couple of weeks or weekly, whatever whatever you want to do, four or five might be the ideal number. That gives everybody about 10 minutes of talking opportunity to get the feedback on their concerns. Uh, where if the group is 20 or more people, well, then that doesn't necessarily, not everybody's going to get that opportunity. So I like the number to be in that five to six, but there's nothing precluding it from being large or not. It could be as small as two people. Okay. That makes sense. How do you meet? How does a typical meeting play out? Well, the group, of course, are going to set whatever sort of boundaries they want on time issues and how long they want to do it. Uh, one particular mastermind group I was told about is a group of billionaires, and they actually meet for four days once a year where they plan out their companies. Uh, objectives and uh, how they're going to function for the for the next year, and then they meet for a whole morning on Skype once a month to make each other accountable to their plans or if their plans change to bounce ideas back. It is whatever the group between them really want to do. I think that you would want to meet at least in the beginning. It might be that you're meeting weekly, but then and that's what our first group did. And then we backed off that we were meeting every two weeks, and then it got to be once a month. What did your meetings look like? Oh, well, we would get together, and uh, usually there was one person would chair the meeting, and we took turns. We would just sort of uh, go around the room, and uh, last time we met, we kept notes. And so the la at the last meeting, you indicated you were going to do be doing this, 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 and this. How much of that did you get done? Well, I got this done, or I got that done. I ran into this glitch. They would tell us maybe about what the issue was or the problem was. And hopefully around the table, someone had a suggestion or an idea to resolve it. And uh, and then we'd say, and what's your, do you have any issues you might want to discuss it? Yeah, I'm looking at doing whatever it might be. What's people's thoughts on that? And that person would take 10 minutes to maybe talk and air his issues, update us on where he's at. And then we would go to the next person and so we go around the table. And somebody would keep notes so that we could keep each other accountable. And that's how we did it. Oh, excellent. The group that I belonged to, we were a group of three. It's kind of funny. Our first meeting was to decide if we were going to have a mastermind group, which we decided we were going to have a mastermind group. We started to have calls that were weekly. First few ran on for an hour, hour and a half. And, and then we realized an hour and a half was way too long. So then we decided to cull it in and each person was given 10 minutes. And then at the end, we had five minutes that we could just chat and 
So we ended up having 35-minute meetings, and we ran that for quite a while. Then we decided maybe monthly was a little better. And then we went at a couple times where we thought, is this working? Do we still want to continue this? We had a discussion on that. We brought it down to monthly, and we actually would meet twice a year face-to-face. Now we're at the point where we're just meeting twice a year face-to-face. How does that look for you, and did you find that your group evolved over time? Did you have to make some changes or tweaks? We had a couple of people leave and a couple of people stayed with the book writing group. There were a few that, and I was one that uh, business-wise, I just couldn't make the time to write a book. So it got shoved on the back shelf. But for the others, they continued. Once a number of them had sort of finished their book, that was the end of the group. We had come together for a purpose. Once the goal was accomplished, then, of course, that was the end of it. Mastermind groups don't have to go on forever in a day. They could be just to work on a particular issue or whatnot, and then it's over. That particular group was uh, formed out of uh, CAPS, which was the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. It was at uh, one of their meetings that a number of people wanted to write a book, and it was formed from there. Now, it sounds obviously there's some benefits in terms of some of the things that you talked about, learning from others, getting feedback. Those are some of the pros. What are some of the cons or what are some of the challenges with having or being part of a mastermind group? For your mastermind group to be successful, you want people, of course, obviously, I think off the beginning, they're committed to it. If you're going to have a regular meeting at such and such a time, you don't need people phoning and saying, well, I can't make the meeting. I think they have to make the commitment because the whole idea is to get the feedback and to be able to bounce ideas off people. And if people aren't there, you can't do it. So I think a commitment is is the first thing that you would want from people that they're genuinely interested in being there. You want to have people that are you're going to get along with. I just don't think you can put an ad in the paper and saying, I'm forming a mastermind group. I'm looking for five individuals and I'll take the first five that show up. I think as an individual said, I'd like to be a part of a mastermind group or I'd like to form a mastermind group. I think the first step is you find somebody that's like-minded, somebody you know you're going to get along with. You're both wanting to be upwardly mobile in your business or whatever it might be. And you agree. And then you maybe interview people. Maybe you do a little bit of uh, research to find the right individual to join your group. And so you seek out other people that you feel would be a good fit for your group. Uh, You want people that, of course, are going to uh, get along well, good harmony, that sort of stuff, and uh, invite them to be a part of the group. Yeah, want to try to avoid that person that's going to want to be the control freak and control everything, because this is really about sharing ideas and thoughts. I think you would want somebody that's going to be um, somebody that's that's willing to accept criticism or willing to sub- suggestions and not you know tend to be offended. So that person that you could say, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. I'd be doing it this way, and here's my reasons why. And they can accept that kind of criticism. It's it's very much like doing a a speech evaluation. You've got to do it in a tactful manner. Yeah, you need somebody to tell you like it is, not necessarily in a harsh way, point something out that perhaps you know, but need to hear it from someone else to do something about it. Yeah, and I think everybody that's in the group has to be at somewhat the same level. For example, the book writing group. We could have had somebody join our book writing group who's written 10 or 15 books, what do they get out of being there? They become more a mentor to the group than actually being a participant of the group. Though from time to time, we would bring in somebody with expertise 
to our mastermind group to perhaps tell us about something or an aspect of what we were trying to accomplish. I, I think that you want the group to be all somewhat on the same sort of a level. Obviously shares the same values, not necessarily the same business or the same industry, but at least the same values. I think the same values definitely uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the same business, but could be the same business. There's some pros and cons about that. I think that if you have people that are from the same industry or business of you, are they your competitors? And if they are your competitors, then the issue becomes, are you going to be as open about your problems in your business or what direction you're going for the fear of maybe are they going to be stealing my ideas and that sort of stuff? Yeah, there's some pros and cons. For the most part, I think the most people uh, can get along and work well together. You brought up a good point there. I think there has to be a certain element of trust as well, because you're going to be bearing all, right? You're going to be saying what's in your mind, what's in your heart, and you need to know that it's not going to go beyond the group. Yeah, I think that there has to be that confidentiality. I think that the group has to, at the very beginning, set down the rules for the group. I think you need to make some some basic rules to say that this is what's going to happen. What we say here is confidential. It doesn't go outside here. Uh, I think that you also want to make sure that people are respectful of time and that they're not just there to steal your client list and all that kind of good stuff. So I think that you need to, uh, you know, if I talk about working with a particular client, I don't think the others in the group should run over there the next day to see if they can sell them something or are engaged in business with them. So I think that you have to set down some some guidelines, some rules that everybody needs to understand and respect. Now, of course, we'd mentioned there could be some challenges with forming a group, but it sounds like the benefits can certainly outweigh them. And Dave, I was kind of wondering, you've learned a lot, obviously, over the years and being part of the mastermind groups, or maybe what's one or two things that you learned that you wouldn't have expected that you've learned? And also maybe what's something you learned about yourself? The biggest thing I takeaway that I took from mastermind groups was when you're listening to people talk about their business, you will see, hear from them what worked and what didn't work. And I think you need to pay particular attention. Being an entrepreneur is uh, uh, an expensive endeavor. If anybody thinks you can just jump out there and form a business and run with it, no, you can't. You need to, you need to have a game plan and it has to be sound. We all know that the statistics on people starting a business and continuing to be successful in that business uh, is about 80% fail fail rate. And that's an expensive, that's a lot, a lot of money and, and good hard-earned money that goes down the drain. People suddenly reach out and they spend a lot of money in a particular area and they don't get the benefit of the money back. And so I think that the biggest benefit I got was knowing probably where to spend my money to get the most value from it when I first started out and that I wasn't spending money on useless things that were unnecessary. Usually if I said I want to, I'm looking at doing something often in the, in the group, someone would have, here's the best place to go to do that. Or here's the most economical way to do that. Because in the beginning of any business, money is tight. Absolutely. The, it sounds like being part of this helped you save money, but it also probably kept you a bit grounded as well. Well, it does that because uh, you might have a pie-in-the-sky idea, and uh, someone in the group will say, you know, have you thought 
have you really done a little marketing research to find out if that's really going to work? I often have people come to me and say, I'm thinking, I've got this business idea. What do you think of it? And they might have not a bad idea, but then you have the question is, but will anybody buy it? You can have the greatest idea in the world, but it's got to be marketable. And I think, yeah, you're right. The others in a group will bring you back to reality. And I think that that's important that you don't go off on some avenue and spend a lot of time and resources that it's not going to have any uh, fruit at the end of the journey. Yeah. I know for me, sometimes I found it was just a way of bouncing ideas off uh, one member of our group. We sort of acted like a sounding board and also unofficially, almost like an external HR department for them. They had an issue. They had a challenge with a particular individual in the organization. And they said, you know, what do you think? Not obviously giving us any specific information on the individual, but just bouncing a few things off. The other thing I found that it helped is that there are days where, again, you mentioned being an entrepreneur, sometimes things are always on your shoulders. Just when you have a challenge and you're not sure that you can continue or you just feel that, oh, you know what, I've tried everything, it doesn't work. They just give you that encouragement, that sort of push that you need to keep going. Yeah. You know, we've kind of talked about business here, but mastermind groups can apply to anything. Uh, really, it's two or more people with a like-minded process to get together regularly to discuss things. Uh, I'm looking at uh, perhaps forming a little group to learn about Photoshop. Uh, I've taken an interest in photography, and of course, I kind of come from the old school where we used a lot of film, and we didn't do what they called post-processing, where you get into the into your computer and you can uh, improve your pictures and they call it kind of post-production is what the terminology they use but i'm learning it and i'm i'm struggle at times and i think boy if i had a three or four of us that were all at the sort of the same stage of trying to learn this new system we could benefit by working together with each other and and doing it and coming together and discussing i had this difficulty how to just solve it and that sort of stuff so i think that there's lots of opportunities if people think of where they can employ this technique you just have to you know put your head around the idea and and i think you'll find yeah that's an area that i i could certainly use some improvement in that's how different groups are formed Another thing we also covered, of course, was uh, was fitness. I was probably the least fit of the group, but that was one of the things that we also talked about as well. It's just how amazing you actually become even better friends uh, with this process as well. Well, I, you know, I mean, even though our my very first group has now gone its separate ways, those individuals are still my friends. We still have coffee from time to time and, and still have chit-chats about our businesses and different stuff. You know, they become uh, that continual sort of mentor for you, a sounding board sort of thing. And so, yeah, I think they're, I think it's a wonderful way to, to improve yourself, to improve your business. So I think mastermind groups can be a great thing. So if someone is interested in perhaps starting one, where should they start? What's one of the things that they could do? Well, I think the first thing I would do is is I would look for that like-minded person that is at about the same level as I am. So if I was a new entrepreneur, I might be looking for another new entrepreneur that I thought I could get along with. You would meet them perhaps at a business meeting group. Uh, and of course, there's lots of those around. Uh, if you're a part of an incubator, there might be two or three other people that are in the business incubator that are about the same level as you. And so you would you would gather together and you would, uh, uh, sit down with them over a coffee and say, look, I'm looking at forming a mastermind group. Does it interest you? And, uh, if, and if they say yes, 
then you would sort of discuss between the two of you what you feel, how it would function, and what the ground rules would be. And then you'd say, well, who else do you think would uh, be a fit for our group? And uh, you pick up one or two more, maybe three or four more people, and now you have your group. And that's how I would go about starting it. That makes sense. Now, of course, you met, you talked about meeting face-to-face, but you could also do Skype calls, and that's another possibility, phone Skype. And I understand, I haven't actually checked any of them out, but I also understand that there are some online and virtual type mastermind groups. I, my understanding is that there are several out there, but I think uh, Skype is a perfect way of, of getting together. You don't necessarily all have to have your people living in the same town. You might have somebody that's across country. When I mentioned uh, that particular group of uh, very uh, heavy duty business billionaires that have their thing, they're all in various parts of the United States. They and one is in Canada. They're spread out. They do all their stuff via Skype. Other than their initial meeting where they actually get together once a year and do uh, a big planning session for each of their businesses. Yeah. How long were your sessions when you guys met? Our uh, first group, we met for about an hour and we used to meet at uh, a particular restaurant. We talked to the manager and he allowed us to go into the lounge area, which was uh, normally closed at breakfast time. So that we had a kind of a little private area and we would sit in there for about an hour and, and discuss our stuff and have breakfast and coffee. That's how we handled it. And the other group, we were probably about uh, two hours, one evening a month. I know in our group, we had one individual who was very, very structured and it was interesting because he got the, the two of us, the, the two others to conform. <laughs> so like I said, our first meetings were going hours, but we ended up getting it 35 minutes. The other thing that we did, we sent out a little report, basically the three things. These are the three things that we said we were going to do, or these are the three goals that we want to talk about. If you couldn't make the call, you'd send it out ahead of time. And then what we did is when we had our face-to-face meetings twice a year, mid-year we would go through to see how we were going, you know, how things were progressing. And then at the end of the year, or sometimes it would be in January, we would then say, okay, here's our goals for the new year. And it's funny because, again, me as not a very structured type person, I got into the habit of doing that. And it really, it actually really worked for us. Yeah, I think that you made an excellent point there. Uh, If you could exchange ahead of time just a very short two-paragraph report, I said I was going to do this, this, this. Again, it saves time at the meeting, and you're not talking about the history. You're looking to the future, and I think that's the goal of the mastermind group is to how do we move forward in the future. We also found that it helped the other person perhaps formulate a question. If you gave your report, sent it the day before or the night before, even sometimes it's an hour before. Because then you had an opportunity to maybe ask that person a question, if, you know, whether how they, they were successful or what, you know, why they weren't successful, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that regarding the leadership of the, of the mastermind group, I think that sometimes there's just that individual that sort of rises to the top and becomes the leader. They maybe just have that natural tendency or you could share the leadership. But I do think you need one person to just uh, send out the reminders and keep people on their toes and that sort of stuff and, and, and be conscious of the time. You could actually use a little uh, timer to make a little noise to say, oh, your time's up. Let's move on to the next person sort of thing. Dave, this has been fantastic. Now, I understand that you are working on some content with respect to mastermind groups. 
Actually, uh, yeah, I'm uh, my business, of course, is like every business is evolving all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the process of setting up uh, an Internet training corporation uh, that we formed the company. We just haven't got up and running yet. But very shortly, we hope to be up and having some courses online. And one of the courses I'm looking at putting up there is a course on mastermind groups and how to form them, because the whole idea is that if people are educated, uh, They'll make sounder decisions in, in what they want. So I think it's important that we get the information out to them in some sort of fashion. But that isn't up and running yet, but hopefully in the very near future will be. In the meantime, is there some place or some way that people can get a hold of you? Yes. If people want to contact me, certainly my email is dave at daverodwell.com. I'd be happy to chat with them. If you just Google mastermind groups on the internet, you'll find lots of information out there on different views and aspects of it. Dave Rodwell, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Greg. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about. And perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies. A new book by Greg Gazin, geared to ages 8 to 80. Whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at outsmartingthebutterflies.com.